I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When we look back on this, one of the things we might really see as one of the biggest stories is turnout. This could be one of the highest turnouts in presidential election history. President Trump may be the biggest reason, Jim. Uh, Love him or loathe him. His large presence may be the reason why so many formerly reluctant voters have decided this time to make their voices heard. Boosting voter turnout with Seth Flaxman of Democracy Works. You know, I imagine a world where like every eligible voter in the country, over 230 million Americans, is getting a reminder about when, where, and how to vote in every one of their elections. And so we have this personalized experience for being a voter in American democracy. Our show is about fixes. Yeah, how to make the world a better place. How How do do we we fix fix it? it? How do we fix it? Some amazing numbers here. A full week before Election Day this year, over 70 million Americans had voted. That's more than half the total number of votes counted in the 2016 general election. In Texas, well over 8 million votes have been cast so far, and that's more than 90% of the state's total turnout, including Election Day four years ago. There's something really remarkable going on here, and it looks like a big turnout across the country is almost certain. A lot of young people who don't usually vote in very large numbers appear to be a lot more enthusiastic this time. In several states, early mail-in and in-person voting by millennials and Generation Z voters is three to six times the levels of 2016. Democracy Works may be a big reason for this change. This nonprofit group is nudging people to vote using technology to make voting easier. Millions of people are getting texts and emails reminding them where to vote and what's on the ballot. Google is using its information in its search engine results. But still, Richard, there are a lot of people who don't vote. And after our interview, we're going to talk about the need to make voting what we call safe, seamless, and accurate. I spoke with Democracy Works CEO Seth Flaxman earlier this year before the pandemic. Seth told me a fascinating story about how Democracy Works works and also explains the group's goals. We think about it as voting needs to fit the way we live. Um, And so there's a few different tools we've built to try to do that. The first thing we built was TurboVote. If you go online to turbovote.org and sign up, 
and then uh, TurboVote sends you text message and email notifications to help you with every date and deadline to like vote or vote by mail, register to vote, whatever you need to vote in all of your elections. Is there evidence that this works? Yeah. We know that if you improve a design, it can improve and change behaviors. And so it's the exact same thing. Improve the user experience for voting, and you can make it easier and more people will do it. In what kinds of ways have you improved it? So the census surveys voters and non-voters every two years and asks non-voters, why didn't you vote? And, and every two years, the answer comes back that there's a collection of process issues keeping people from voting. The biggest ones being forgot, like that could be forgot about the deadline, forgot about the, the election the, date. The deadline to The register. deadline to send in a registration form. The deadline to send in an absentee ballot application. Forgot that an election was happening at all is so common. Didn't have transportation, a disability, a sickness. Just all these process issues and voting isn't fitting the way we live. So that's how we think about our mission, which is, okay, technology is real good at process. How could we solve each of these different process issues for people using technology? And so the easiest one is just making sure people have the information they need, like good, accurate, timely information delivered to them via text or an email that will help them vote in all of their elections. So that's the most important way that we're helping people is delivering like timely sort of like personalized information like tomorrow is your school board election. Here is where your polling place is. Or tomorrow is the deadline to return your vote by mail. So that's that's the number one way we're helping. So how did Democracy Works get started? So it, it started from my personal experience. I was I was at the Kennedy School studying public policy at, at Harvard. Harvard. And, and I was, um, it was almost a decade ago now, a little over a decade ago. I was obsessed with why the internet had not yet revolutionized the public sector. Um, and had that on my mind when I realized over the course of that first semester that I had just missed three different elections for different dumb process issues. In other words, you didn't vote. I didn't vote three times in a row in three different types of elections. And before I had my epiphany, I was just going online thinking, oh, the internet must have solved this. I just need to sign up for something that will tell me what to do to vote in everything. Just to make it easier for people. Yeah, just to like, you know, and I I remember like one of the elections, I was still trying to vote uh, by mail back in New York and I missed the deadline to put in my application. Another one, I was trying to re-register, change my registration address and I missed the deadline to change my registration address. And then the third time I'd finally re-registered, but there was a sort of side street I walked down on a sandwich board out on the street saying, today is election day, but it had been too late. And I was like, so this is it? You find out a local election is happening by going down a random street and seeing a sandwich board, and that's how our democracy works. And a lot of people don't realize that the voting system varies from one not necessarily state to the next, but one county to the next. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, because of federalism, states are... Uh, in charge of running elections. And there's an election director in every state. But in the majority of those states, it's really the counties who are doing the lifting of making sure the machines are set up, choosing the polling sites. Um, and 
but every state is different. That's that's the number one thing to know about how elections work in the United States. So that begs the question, how did you get started on this? You have to be sort of a crazy social entrepreneur <laughs> if you're going to take on this sort of challenge. Yeah, because there isn't necessarily any money in it. No, yeah. I mean, this is why we decided to be a nonprofit, too, um, was there it didn't make sense uh, as a for-profit. And ultimately, we wanted to make sure that we were, at the end of the day, always focused on serving our mission, uh, the voters, and uh, all the other stakeholders we have to work with. The way we got started, we did two things. First thing I did is I reached out to a classmate of mine who was one of the sort of technologists in my program, Catherine Peters, who became my co-founder, and said, like, how hard would it be if we wanted to build this reminder service? And, uh, you know, the famous last words that we still remember is like, oh, that shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> and um, we uh, decided to do a pilot in the 2010 midterms, and we had 300 Boston University students sign up for it, and then surveyed those students afterwards, like, how likely would you have been to vote had it been for the service or not? And 30% said they probably wouldn't have voted had it not been for the service. And you're like, that's crazy, because this thing was so ugly, it was like held together with duct tape, um, it was just like a pilot, and 30% said they probably wouldn't have voted, like, we're onto something, we should invest in this. So then we joined all these business plan competitions, lost all of them, because back at the time, people were like, this just doesn't feel like an urgent problem. Turnout. And, yeah, and turnout, getting democracy, young people to vote. Yeah. and um, yeah. you know, upgrading the infrastructure of our democracy it wasn't on anyone's mind. So it, w- it was hard to get started. And, and then I suppose one of the really big obstacles is what we talked about, all the different voting systems. It's, it's got to be very localized and specific for each person, right? Yeah. It's difficult to build. Um, and, but at the same time, it's what's needed to do modern voter engagement. When you're on the internet, people need a single national website that they can go to, to get help with uh, their work. Uh, people are coming to your website from every different state. So we were trying to fill this gap, even at a college campus, for example, in that first 300 students, we needed TurboVote to work in every state because even with those 300 students, we basically served a student from every single state on the site. Boy, you must have pulled your hair out a little bit when it was early going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. So, so how much better is TurboVote today than it was even two years ago for the midterm elections in 2018 or four years ago uh, with the last presidential? Yeah, so we, we've grown dramatically over the past two years where we scaled from 1 million to 7 million subscribers since the essentially beginning of 2018 until now. And uh, one of the biggest things that we've been doing is just focusing on serving what are now just like percentages of the entire American electorate. Do you hope and imagine that in the course of this year, running up to November, that you're going to have a heck of a lot more people sign up? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we're preparing for. And at the end of the day, we think every American is going to want some sort of service as like a concierge helping them vote in all of their elections. Even people who say they never miss elections sign up for TurboVote just to get the reminders. One of the reasons why youth turnout is is often very low is a lot of young people move fairly frequently in their early adult years. What happens? 
So every time we text you, we say, we're reminding you about an election for this address. If you've moved, click here and tell us. What about the we factor? If your friends are voting, you're much more likely to vote. Yeah, absolutely. So voting is this totally complicated behavior in that it's somewhat rational, it's a little bit social, and it's habitual. I mean, a few other things too, but those are three big ones. In terms of the rational part, the cost of voting needs to be lower than the perceived benefit. And so one, the first things we do is we try to lower the cost, make it easier. And then the second is social. If you know people are voting and other people are voting, then you're more likely to vote. And then it's habitual. If you can get you to vote twice in a row early in your life, you're likely to develop a voting habit. Um, and it's also an identity. If you can start identifying as a voter, as opposed to telling someone to go vote, you tell them you're a voter, they're also more likely to vote. So there's all these levers that you can pull when you Google, where do I vote? All of that data uh, comes from our work with the states. Wow. Well, tell me about that. That's fascinating. Um, so, okay, yeah. So simply, yeah. I, wherever I live in the United States, I, I go to Google and you, you ask, where do I vote? And, and they, that, they tell you, and that comes from your information. Yeah, our, our work with the states provides that data. That is a, a service that you're doing, which isn't specifically called TurboVote. Yeah, no, right? that. So we have we have a suite of programs that we yeah, so, are so building what, to help improve uh, voting, and not just TurboVote. That's the main one people know because people sign up for it themselves. Um, but it's also people see it sometimes when they go to our site, gettothepolls.com. So that's the site that Facebook will embed on their website on election day, and a lot of other major sites will embed. Uh, on election day to help people get to the polls. Then at the same time, sort of moving away from polling places, we are trying to help people vote more seamlessly and reliably by mail um, and to help states and counties adopt voting by mail. So we have a piece of technology called Ballot Scout, which tracks vote by mail ballots, sometimes called absentee ballots, uh, through the mail, just like you would an Amazon package. So you can get text messages about your ballot being uh, received, that it's on its way. Election administrators can track, oh, like the ballot's lost in this postal facility. We have to get that figured out. Um, and as more and more Americans are moving to vote by mail every year, um, trying to make sure that that's a like, really modern and good experience for people. It's How Do We Fix It? I'm Richard Davies. And I'm Jim Meggs. This episode is funded with a grant from Solutions Journalism Network, and it's part of their initiative, Renewing Democracy, to encourage reporting about how people and institutions are trying to reinvigorate democracy in communities across the country. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now more from Seth Flaxman of Democracy Works. Tell us about your mission. Tell us about why that's needed. Why we have a problem here that needs to be fixed. How do we fix it? Yeah. Um, So the mission is to improve uh, civic participation um, by making a more sort of seamless and modern voting experience for voters and and also with election administrators. And uh, the reason why it's necessary, it goes back to sort of my original interest a decade ago and like why isn't the internet revolutionizing the public sector? It's because there's a lot of money to be made here. There isn't money to be made building a seamless voting experience that helps every voter vote in all of their elections. And there isn't anyone with a real institutional incentive to be the person who fixes that. Do you feel that by 2024 it will be much better? You know, I imagine a world where like every eligible voter in the country, over 230 million Americans, is getting a reminder about when, where, and how to vote in every one of their elections. And so we have this personalized experience for being a voter in American democracy. Are most people who signed up relatively young? Yes, over 60% are millennials or younger uh, on the service. So essentially reflecting um, the folks who are opting in to sign up for TurboVote are the people who most need it uh, because they're not uh, voting at the same rates as the national average. Yeah, the turnout levels for millennials and younger are often miserably low. Do you think in 2020 that you will make a substantial difference to the number of people turning out, especially uh, younger voters? Oh, absolutely. You could see how we get to 15 million voters who were maybe on the fence about voting or maybe would have encountered an issue and were helping get them across the finish line. So we're now in the realm of improving national turnout in sort of full percentage points. What about your personal passion? I mean, how did you come to that point of view of really feeling strongly that we've got to do something. Yeah. I think the turning point for me was actually the Proposition 8 election in California, which was the marriage equality state amendment. And that was a scary election for me personally. And I was like, votes can happen that take your rights away. Why and, scary for you personally? Well, uh, I wasn't married to my husband yet, but um, we were together at the time. And uh, it was a sign for me of just like how fragile a democracy can be. And even people said it was, it was oh, historically high turnout, 60%. And I was like, really? That doesn't seem so great to me. And like, if someone's going to take my rights away, I at least want there to be 80% turnout. <laughs> like, I, I want to make sure that this is like a really legitimate election that represents everyone's perspectives. Thank you very much. (laughs) You're welcome. I mean, obviously, I I do this because I care really deeply about it. I spoke with Seth Flaxman about Democracy Works in January and coming up shortly, our conversation. But first, a recommendation from you, Jim. 
Yes, I'm going to give you one that's a little self-serving, uh, but it's something I've really been enjoying a lot in these this COVID era. And one podcast that just kind of blows my mind is from Commentary Magazine. Well, the, the self-serving part of this is that I write a column for Commentary, which I've really been enjoying doing about science and technology. The magazine, for those who don't know it, is one of the great intellectual journals of that grew out of the era of of neoconservatism, a lot of of left-wing intellectuals who in the 60s and 70s moved over to a more conservative or kind of libertarian position on a lot of on a lot of issues. So the hosts of the podcast are the editors of commentary led by John Podhoritz, and they talk every day, every every weekday about what's going on. It just amazes me what a great job they do of summing up issues from the perspective of a kind of somewhat bemused conservative, people who are not fans of the president, but are also, that does not make them, you know, the kind of anti-Trumpers who celebrate every, you know, every dumb thing that, that Trump might do. They come out somewhere in, in a, a somewhat frustrated middle, which I think is uh, maybe the ground where I am on a lot of issues. So what's in it for me as, as, as a liberal? Why, why would I listen to it? Well, why would I get out of my bubble, Jim? This is, yeah, that's, this is why I'm recommending it. I think we all tend to be in our bubbles. And what's great about this podcast is you get to hear some, if you're a liberal, you get to hear some smart conservatives who don't fall into the stereotype. So that's the podcast by commentary that you're listening to. Right. Jim, as Seth Flaxman said during the interview, every state has a different voting system. There are 10,000 state and local voting districts across the country. Election officials, Democrats and Republicans supervise the count on a local level, and most of them are working hard, quietly behind the scenes to make sure the results are as accurate as possible. They're far away from the controversy. But no system is perfect, Jim. So... You have three ideas or, or three thoughts on how to make it better. Well, my thought is that elections should be safe, seamless, and accurate. Safety is important in that people shouldn't feel threatened or endangered in any way in any part of the process, whether they're registering or, or, or going to vote. They should have a sense that, that, that they are personally safe that their information is not going to be disclosed and that their vote is safe. By seamless, I just mean it should be reasonably easy and straightforward. That doesn't mean I necessarily endorse every idea to make voting easier because some of those might introduce other problems. But I think it should be a very understandable, transparent process for the voter. Now, you haven't said anything very controversial so far. Right. But but your third stress is is on accuracy and and there you do part company with 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 many people. Yeah, so accuracy just means that the votes that are counted are the votes that were cast. And that sounds so simple, but it, it's not so simple. And this is where someone with a little more of a conservative viewpoint might differ from some on the left who want to open up voting 
to make it so easy that you could introduce inaccuracy into the process. So, for example, I actually think it's good when people vote in person. I, I think it's an important uh, civic ritual. I remember going to the polls with my parents when I was a little kid, and I saw that my parents took it seriously, and I and I wanted to learn more about it. I think those rituals are important for people who can do it. Vote by mail is works really well in some states, and it's a great option for people who, for whatever reason, you know, aren't able to get to the polls. But I don't think we should be promoting it as the norm because, like anything moving through the mail, the, 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 the process is inherently sloppier. And I don't necessarily mean that some evil force is going to hijack it and there's going to be tons of fraud, but ballots get lost, people fill them out wrong, they get rejected at a much higher rate than in in-person voting because of little errors and how you do the envelope and stuff. I would emphasize seamless a bit more than you. I think that voting should be easier for many people. Uh, voter suppression is a problem in some parts of the country, especially in the South, where it's still too difficult for uh, groups of people, including um, African Americans, to vote early or to get to the polls on Election Day. Just two examples in Harris County, Texas, there's one drop-off early voting box for four million residents. At a time of COVID, when me many people are afraid of, of lining up on Election Day and and going to the polls in person, that's kind of crazy. Another case is Florida, where Republican lawmakers, including the governor, have been resisting the results of a voter initiative passed several years ago to make it much easier for former felons to vote. Um, by pushing back against efforts to make voting easier, Republicans, at least in some states, not all, look like they're trying to resist the will of the people. So, you know, polling stations really should work just as well in poor neighborhoods as in rich ones. I, I could I, I totally agree with that. On the right, there's a lot of concern about voter fraud. And if you look it up online, you'll see that a lot of mainstream or left leaning outlets say, oh, voter fraud is a total myth. It never happens. It, it does happen. Not that often. It's maybe not the, a huge problem. It's as big a problem as a lot of conservatives think. But by the same token, on the left, you hear a lot about voter suppression. I think that also gets exaggerated on the left somewhat. And if you have a situation where people don't trust the system, they think it's vulnerable, they're not going to trust the votes. So you don't have to say that fraud is super common to be somewhat worried about it, just the way, you know, airplanes don't crash a lot, but I still want good safety procedures in place and I get on an airplane. I, I don't agree that we should be putting every single bit of emphasis on accuracy and not on ease of voting. I think that across the country, it's a very mixed picture. The most restrictive rules do tend to be in Republican states, but Utah, which is a very Republican state, has been holding vote by mail with virtually no problems for years now. And unlike you, I kind of like the idea that, that people, if they want to, can vote by mail. Uh, New York makes voting very difficult for many people. A couple of friends of mine waited four hours to vote in Manhattan a couple of days ago. Uh, many working people and single parents don't have four hours to vote. But you know what's kind of neat is that this decentralized, slightly messy system we have actually works pretty well. You know, there are a lot of, of little issues at the margins, but one thing I'm very much not in favor of is any kind of national solution to this problem, because the very fact that it's so decentralized and people, different 
uh, different states use different approaches. It makes it very hard to hack. It makes it very, I don't just mean, you know, some Russian, you know, digital hacking campaign, but almost any sort of major disruption of the vote. A decentralized system like that, it may be a little rougher, a, a little less perfect, but it's also much less vulnerable to a major systemic breakdown. That really describes the United States in a nutshell. Our system is decentralized. Our government is decentralized. So why not our voting? You know, I think the big story of this election, at least from, uh, from our perspective before polling day, is voter enthusiasm, a celebration of our democracy and civic pride by so many people, you know, waiting in long lines in many cases uh, to exercise their right to vote. And, and that, to me, is, is, is exciting. Yeah, I think so, too. It was funny that when those the first day that early voting opened in Georgia, remember, they were on all over Facebook and Twitter and stuff. There were all these pictures of people lined up. And a lot of people want to say, oh, my gosh, it shouldn't be so hard to vote. That wasn't a sign of it being hard to vote. That was a sign of people being excited to be there on the first day, just like they're excited to go to the opening of an Apple store or, you know, back when people actually went to movie theaters. So uh, we should celebrate this. Whatever, wherever you are on the political spectrum, People getting involved, people wanting to have their voices heard is a, a good part of our system. And there's some work to be done to, you know, make it a little more safe, seamless and accurate. But I think as problems go, our systems of democracy are are pretty good. You know, they need some tweaks, but they're not decidedly broken, as some would maintain. Despite the flaws in our voting system, flaws that we should fix, it's actually easier to vote in most states this election than it was in years past. Because of COVID, early voting was extended and in some cases introduced for the first time. This is How Do We Fix It? I'm Richard Davies. And I'm Jim Meggs. And our producer is Miranda Schaefer. We're a production of Davies Content. We make podcasts for companies and nonprofits. Our website is daviescontent.com. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the Democracy Group. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.